Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Uh, debated on doing this, whether I should do it or not. And I decided to go ahead and do it. There's certain people that get irritated if a white person talks about slavery because they ain't got the right. Fact is, history's history. If you don't believe what I say, look it up. Like I did. Where I learned all this stuff. I don't have a degree in history now. Sure don't. Never wanted to be a teacher. But I've always been a fan of the saying, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Just absolutely love that. Because it's the truth. Because when you look through history, when you actually study it and start seeing what's gone on in history... You see the same types of people making the same mistakes. You see the same nations and superpowers making the same mistakes. So I always delved into it a lot more than just what they taught in school. I mean, it was always the same basic shit. 1776, July 4th. Declaration of Independence. I mean, hey, you got to start somewhere. That's fine. But you you could not, back when the History Channel was history, you could not come over here and find me watching something else. It would be very rare if you caught me watching something other than the History Channel. And the History Channel can only get into so much in an hour-long documentary. I looked a lot of stuff up, did a lot of reading, read a lot of books on stuff. So... I know quite a bit about it. So it's, to me, to say that white people can't talk about it. Well, guess what? If you want to go that route, then I say black people can't talk about it because it was 160 years ago at the start of the Civil War. And there isn't a person alive today who was around for it. So, you know, either you can learn from it or you can't. One of the two. And... The stuff that they're pushing through the media and things like that is getting to be ridiculous because it is completely untrue. And one thing I don't really care for about this app that I use, I, I love the app because it's so easy to use. I can use it. I'm freaking blind and I can use it. You know, that's that's a pretty good app. The thing I don't like about it, you can make episodes that are longer than an hour, but you can only record an hour at a time. So you have to record multiple segments and then put it together, which I guess technically is not that big of a deal. But I think they do it just to try to keep people from going on for hours on end, you know, to keep people from trying to be like a Joe Rogan or somebody like that who sits and drinks and gets high with buddies and just sits and shoots the shit, you know? And that's not saying that he doesn't... I've already told you. I like his podcast. So that isn't me talking shit. I'm just saying I think they're trying to prevent people from trying to imitate that and just sit on there for three or four hours with nothing to say other than, hey, pass that joint, buddy. Or, hey, how about another beer? You know, so I think that's why they do it. But I, if I just do it in one freaking episode, it's going to require multiple segments. 
and I feel like it's going to lose some effectiveness. And like I said, if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm not trying to like get friends or anything like that by talking about this stuff. It, but it's the truth. If you don't believe it, look it up. It's as simple as that. Look it up. Because there's a lot of crap going on and a lot of white people are getting the blame for a lot of stuff that it took two. It took two. And I'm not condoning slavery. I think it's a load of shit. But first and foremost, when people say that it goes against God, well, guess what? It doesn't. Try reading the Bible for a change instead of just talking about it. Read the laws of Moses. In the laws, it has specific rules for how you are to treat your slaves. The difference is, according to the laws, you can have slaves, but it's supposed to be for a specific period of time. I believe it's seven years. And at the end of seven years, you give that slave the option of their freedom and they can leave. If a slave decides they want to serve you for life, then they can stay and be your servant for life. But don't say that it goes against God, because it doesn't. It's no different than anything else with the Bible. People have been twisting the Bible for centuries, millennia. People try to twist it to suit what they want, plain and simple. This is no different. You know, it's... Saying that God doesn't allow slaves and that you're going against God by doing by by doing so is just as bad as the people who twisted it to say, well, since God allows slaves, I can own them for life, whether they like it or not. You know, they're both ridiculous statements, both. So, um, so let's look at where, like, when did the African slave trade began. It started way before the founding of this country. It started way before people even came here to settle. 1492, Columbus discovered South America. And what did that good old Italian boy do? Started slaughtering Indians and enslaving the Indians. There's all kinds of document documentation from priests that were there that talked about how ridiculous Columbus and the Spaniards he was with were about it. How they required the slaves to carry them from place to place and stand there and fan them. I mean, it, it, it's insane the level that these assholes took things to. <clears throat> but there was the discovery of gold there. There was all kinds of gold. And Europeans wanted that gold. So guess what? They started enslaving the indigenous people, the Indians that were here. And that didn't work out too well because the mines were hot. These people were dropping like flies. So they got to talking and thinking. It's like, okay, these people can't handle the heat of the mines. What are we going to do? Well, guess who can handle heat real well? People that are born and raised in Africa. And so they started bringing African slaves to mine the gold and silver and any other metal that they wanted. The slaves 
the first slaves that hit here in America, the United States, wasn't until 1619, a year before the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock. And it was in Jamestown, Virginia, the first colony by England over in this part of the world. And the first slaves that came here in 1619 were prisoners of war brought here by the Portuguese because Portugal was trying to establish themselves in Africa. Hold on, I gotta light my smoke again. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. The African tribes were almost identical to the Native American Indian tribes. When they went to war with each other, they took prisoners of war. Those prisoners of war became slaves. This is a fact. The Indians did this and had been doing it for centuries before any white boy showed up. The African tribes had been doing it for centuries. And guess what? There isn't a nation that hasn't been enslaved at some point. There isn't a race that hasn't been enslaved at some point because that's what people did. When you took prisoners of war, they became slaves. That's what they did. So, look it up. Down the west coast of Africa, Portugal had the most trading posts set up down the west coast of Africa. The Spaniards, I believe, were second, and then England was third with like just one or two. And they want to portray slavery as this thing where white men were just sailing around and capturing black people and forcing them into slavery. Did that occur? Yeah, of course it did. If they came across an easy situation where they could get away with capturing black folks and forcing them into slavery, they did it. It was good money. Why wouldn't they do it? However, that isn't how the majority of slaves got here. The overwhelming majority were traded for. Once again, African tribes at war with each other would take prisoners of war and enslave them, make them slaves. Then they'd go to these trading posts on the West Coast and trade these slaves for European goods. And in turn, these slaves would be sold to slave traders that would bring them to this side of the world. So guess what? The overwhelming majority of slaves that were brought here, like it or not, was started by black Africans taking prisoners of war and trading them for goods. That's the overwhelming majority. Like it or not, it, it's a historical fact. Because think about it. Europeans actually did have muskets. But it took a good man that was like well-trained on a musket to be able to fire one shot every 60 seconds. Because you had to dump the powder and pack the powder. You had to get wadding and put that down the barrel. Then you had to pack the shell down there and then you could fire. It took time. They didn't have clips of ammunition. They didn't have lever action repeating rifles. They had muskets. And the fact is, they were not about to go into the jungles of Africa 
trying to hunt people, they would have ended up with their head on a stick. Once again, did it happen? Yeah. There were times where if they saw an easy situation, yes, they would do that. But they weren't stupid. A boatload of 100, 100 men is not going to go to war with a, a freaking tribe to try to take slaves. Because they're going to end up getting themselves killed. And here's the other thing. Muskets or no muskets, a man's not going to be very good to you as a slave if you put a musket ball through him. You know, so it it just isn't feasible. It wasn't feasible. So that's where the majority came from. Like it or not, it, it's how it went down. And guess what? There were white slaves too back then. Fact of the matter, there was. They would sell themselves into indentured servitude because for the first half of the 17th century, that's all that existed here was indentured servitude. So people would get to America by somebody paying for their voyage, paying for them and their family to come, or just them, which whatever the case was, and they would serve for a set period of time until they were, had paid their owner back. And the first case in which there, there's a lot of argument going back and forth because the first actual court case that said somebody was entitled to own another human being for life, the slave owner was a black man by the name of Anthony Johnson. And it involved a man by the name of John Kaser who served his time as the indentured servant and then went to work for somebody else. And Johnson said, uh-uh. I ain't done with you. So he took it to the court, and the court actually dictated, yes, it is okay to own somebody for life. That's the first actual court case stating something like that. There was another situation prior to that involving a man with the name of Punch. Him and two white indentured servants escaped from their owner. They were captured, and they were taken to trial, and... You can't tell me this wasn't racism because the two white boys, a Scottish guy and a Dutch guy, their punishment, they had a year added on to their indentured servitude. Punch, the black guy, had he, he, was, he was punished by saying, you have to serve the rest of your life as this guy's slave. So was Johnson the actual first? No. Because, but he was the first court case because this other court case was punishment for committing a crime, you know, and obviously the punishments were a little bit unfair, obviously. Ever, the white boy's getting a year added on and then Punch having to serve the rest of his life. I mean, come on. But in the beginning, even when you were buying African slaves, that's, look at Anthony Johnson. He served as a slave when he was brought here. He gained his freedom, acquired land, and started buying slaves himself. And it is even documented that he owned white slaves. So to try to say that this is just a white issue and white should have to pay, to me is ridiculous. Because this, this was a worldwide issue. All right. 
look at it realistically. Because the way the media rolls today and the way some of these organizations roll today, they don't want you to look at it realistically. Look at it because between the 1830s and the breakout of the Civil War, there was well over 3,000 black slave owners in this country. They were very prominent in Louisiana. And in fact, a group of these slave owners got together, raised a shitload of money, donating a ton themselves, and gave it to the Confederacy to help fight the war. Even though there were black slave owners, by definition, because they bought slaves to give them their freedom. The overwhelming majority of black slave owners were in it for one reason, and that was economic gain. Plain and simple. Like it or not, that's what it was. You know, they didn't care about the black man. They cared about the green dollar. Which, I don't think they even had green dollars back then. I think it was still all gold, silver, things of that nature. But, you get my meaning. You know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. That, and another thing that's ridiculous. Well, let me check the time. See how far I've rolled so far. See how far I want to roll today. Because right now, you already got plenty to look up. All right, I've only been going about 18 minutes. So I'm going to keep rolling for now. The international slave trade, as far as like the transatlantic slave trade, bringing slaves from Africa and selling them at the docks, that was outlawed. It went into effect January 1st of 1808. All right, so you're like, well, wow. You know, how did it keep going? How did it keep going? Well, because it, the transatlantic slave trade was outlawed. Slavery was not outlawed. And if you look at what is going on, or what went on in the South, a lot of people started moving west. Texas, you know, Kansas, Missouri, people started moving. Because the soil was depleted so bad in the South from raising all that cotton and tobacco and everything else. And if you go to Tennessee or Alabama, you'll see a lot of red dirt. And it's because the soil was stripped of its nutrients because back then there was no such thing as crop rotation. There was no such thing as fertilizing, composting. That, that stuff hadn't come around yet. So plantation owners started moving to where the soil was still good and where they could still grow cotton and tobacco. However, slavery still skyrocketed. The number of slaves skyrocketed in the South. How, how, how'd this happen? They were breeding them for sale. Since they could no longer buy them, since you could no, no longer buy slaves from Africa, they were breeding them for sale. As horrible as that is, and as horrible, horrible as it sounds, you, there's no other way to explain how the slave population still boomed. They were treated like fucking cattle. 
this guy's big and strong, we'll use him. We'll have him breed with these women. That's what they did. You know, it's, it's freaking disgusting. It's disturbing. I, I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Can't imagine. But, you know, and see, this is the thing. I'm saying fuck off to both sides, basically, because I'm not going to sit here and try to say that slavery wasn't really that bad. You know, we ended the trade in 1808. You know what? Screw you, because we're shit went on because of that. You know, is it 100% a white issue? No, it's not. But I'm not going to sit here and act like that there weren't atrocities occurring either, because there was. You know, like I said, study it. Read it, study it, learn from it. You know, that way you can be educated when you talk about it instead of sounding like a freaking idiot. It's no different people saying slavery was the issue of the Civil War. Was it an issue? Technically, yeah, it became an issue. But slavery was not the main issue of the Civil War. Just like anything else in this world. Economics. It was about economics. There was multiple issues with slavery in our federal government and going from state to state. But they always compromised. Look at the Missouri Compromise. Any state that joined the Union that was south of the Missouri border automatically a slave state. Uh, The Nebraska-Kansas compromise because they both came into the union at the same time. Nebraska was declared free. Kansas declared slave state. You know, the most offensive to me of all these compromises is the two-fifths compromise. And most people don't even understand how our government works. So I'll do a little bit of explaining before I just flat out tell you what the two-fifths was. So House of Representatives is each state's representation at the federal level and it is based upon each state's population if a state has a larger population they get more representatives than a smaller state in population then you have the senate everybody gets two representatives in the senate that's the equal representation at the federal level so southern states are sitting there saying well we got all these people down here that you ain't counting. And northern states are sitting there saying, yeah, well, guess what? You can't sit there and call these black folks property and then turn around and call them people and think they should count towards your representation in the house. It doesn't work that way. If They're either property or they're human beings. And so in their infinite wisdom, they came up with the two-fifths compromise. What this was, every five slaves counted as two people. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that that's what you're told you're worth? I mean, that's that's just, it's crazy to me. Just absolutely crazy. But what can you do? You know, that's what it was. 
Now, what started the Civil War then, if it wasn't slavery? Because here's the thing. They, the South just said, if Lincoln comes into office, that's our last straw. That's what they said. Lincoln comes into office on March 4th, 1861. On March 2nd, two days before he comes into the office, Congress and the Senate try to pass a new amendment that said that federal government will not be allowed to take slaves away from states. They tried to pass it before Lincoln came into office. Now, this amendment failed. Why did it fail? Because seven states were not present for this vote. They were the first seven southern states to secede from the Union. They had already seceded because Lincoln was coming into office, so they were not there for the vote. Had they been there for the vote, there would have been enough votes to pass it. And get this, it was even wasted them doing it two days early because Lincoln supported the amendment. He was more concerned about keeping the Union together than he was about slaves. Even though he was a type of abolitionist who wanted slaves to be free, he wanted them to be free in Africa. He was all about giving them their freedom, but then he was all about sending them back to Africa. You know, I mean, let's be honest, that's what it was. So what brought the South to this point? Economics did, because industry in America was new. It's not like this day and age, you gotta understand that. Today, technology builds technology. It creates technology. It advances its own technology. It's insane how fast things move today. Back then, you didn't have that. You didn't have it at all. You know, so this is back before electricity. I mean, shit. <clears throat> the most advanced thing that they ended up having around that time that the North put into use and the South didn't, which gave the North a tremendous advantage, was the telegraph. Lincoln was able to get reports within five minutes of something happening because of the telegraph, and he was able to get orders back in the same amount of time. The South, they're using dispatch riders. So it's taken the South days to do, sometimes weeks to do. It's taken the North 15, 20 minutes. You know, tremendous advantage. But anyways, industry is brand new. As far as American furniture, American clothing, American products. It was new. It was expensive because it was new. And the quality was second rate. It was still cheaper for somebody in the South to buy something from England, even with the tariffs and the shipping and all that kind of stuff. It was still cheaper to buy something from England and it was better quality. So it was cheaper than buying something from the north and having it shipped from the north. And it was better quality than what you got from the north. Well, the government wanted to help boost American industry. You're not going to be able to do that as long as you can still buy better products for cheaper from another country. So they boosted the tariffs so freaking high on English products that they could no longer buy these 
English products for cheaper than what they could from the north. So this pissed off England. So what did they do? They did the same thing on our cotton and tobacco because at that point they're not buying anything else from us. They don't need anything else from us because guess what? Their stuff's better. So they don't need to buy our shit. They just needed the tobacco and cotton. And they got to where they just quit fucking buying it from us because of this issue. By this point, they had reached the Indies. And guess what? The Indies were perfect climate for tobacco and cotton. So they no longer needed American tobacco and cotton. So guess what? Now all of a sudden, you got these Southerners sitting on piles of cotton and tobacco they can't sell. A little side note, a little tidbit of information for you. It's where the song Dixie actually comes from. It was written in 1859 by a guy who lost everything in the south, that he had in the South and had to go to the North to get a job and survive. And so that's, you know, that's why he's singing about missing the South in the song Dixie. It ended up getting adopted into their, into the CSA's little national feel happy song. I don't know if it was actually their national anthem or not. I know later on it was said to be their national anthem, but it, it had nothing to do with the war when it was written. It had to do with a guy missing his way of life. And that's the thing. The majority of people, I mean, slaves went anywhere from like 800 to $2,000. And you're talking in the 1840s and 50s, the overwhelming majority of people could not afford to own a slave. You're not just going to be able to come up with that kind of money. I can't come up with that kind of money now. <laughs> you know? So and that's not trying to lighten the, the issue. It's not trying to lighten it. It's still happening, obviously. But so this battle starts going on. And so the South is like, we're not going to be able to live. We're not going to be able to survive. We're sitting on bales of cotton and tobacco that's just sitting and rotting in the freaking sun because we have nobody to buy it. There's just nobody to buy it anymore. That was their main reason for seceding. It had nothing to do with slavery. And here's the thing. England ended its slavery in 1833. And it always irritates me whenever I hear people from England trying to use that to state that they're better than us. They were able to end it 32 years before we did, and they did it without a war and all this other kind of crap. Well, guess what? England's own historians will tell you our civil war lasted for at least two years longer than it would have if it wasn't for England. Because England, even though they could get their tobacco and cotton from the Indies, it was still cheaper getting it from us because you didn't have to go all the way around the world to get it. You know, you only had to go across the Atlantic. And so they were given the South gold and weapons to fight with. There was no way the South could have fought for five years otherwise. They didn't have the industry to do that. They didn't have the factories that made the guns and the ammunition, and all the other 
wartime products that were required for fighting war. They didn't have it. They got that shit from England. So our Civil War lasted for two years longer than it would have if England didn't interfere. And I'm sure there's already people that are upset with me because I talk some shit about Lincoln. Well, here's some more shit about the man. Look at the Emancipation Proclamation. Look at the date that it was released. Yes, we learned about it in school, but we didn't really focus too much on when it was released. See, it was released January 1st of 1863, two years after the war had been going. That's when Lincoln declared that slaves were going to be freed at the end of the war. Not, not before that. He didn't say that from the beginning. Because he didn't care. He wanted the Union back together. And in fact, he had a proclamation that came out before the Emancipation Proclamation. I believe it was September of 1862. It was either August or September, I want to say September. But either way, this proclamation stated that any southern state that was willing to leave the Confederacy and rejoin the Union, all would be forgiven. They would be allowed to keep their slaves, and the federal government would never be allowed to take that right from that state. The southern states had until December 31st of 1862 to comply. No states took him up on that offer. Therefore, January 1st, 1863, he released the Emancipation Proclamation. He was willing to sacrifice slaves for the Union. So no, to me, Lincoln was not some great holy man of sorts that believed in equality for all. And yet you got, you got people that want to bash Teddy Roosevelt because he had made the statement that blacks were inferior to whites. But you know, the problem I have with that is even though he said that, they cut his statement off there. They don't continue with what else he said about the issue. He said that there's a reason for it. He said it's because they don't have access to free public education like white people do. But they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the fact that Teddy Roosevelt, first decade of the 1900s is when he served as president. He was the first president in this country to ever invite a black man to the White House for dinner. And it was Booker T. Washington's who he invited for dinner. And it's, it's just, and I'm not going to get, I could talk for days on TR, but I'm not, I'm not going to. The point is, is the way they try to skew things. They don't want people to know, you know what, we actually had a president at one point that had some freaking common sense to him. Who know what? Who knew what the issues were? They just took part of something he said 
and try to make him look like a racist for it. Then they take somebody like Lincoln, who considered Africans to be inferior. He didn't have the rest of that statement as far as because they don't have access to education. He, you know, he didn't say that, but he thought Africans were inferior. But he wanted to free them and send them back to Africa. That's what he wanted to do. And yet we're supposed to believe he was some kind of great emancipator. The end, the, the end of slavery due to the Civil War, it's just a result of it. It wasn't, be, it wasn't the reason the war was fought, folks. And when you got black folks in Africa selling other black folks to trading posts up and down the west coast of Africa for European goods, and when you have black slave owners here in the U.S., who, yes, at one point in time, somebody in their family had been a slave, a slave who at some point got their freedom, started living life, raising family, things of that nature. I mean, think about how else did we end up with free black folks here? Because there was quite a few. There was quite a few up north. And there was even quite a few in the south. Because guess what? The black slave owners, they lived in the south too. So there was quite a few throughout this country. It definitely got to the point to where they were outnumbered by the slaves. So don't don't try to misinterpret what I'm saying. You know, don't try to sit there and twist what I'm saying. I'm just saying the free black folks who were here got here like they ended up here for a reason. It's because things were different in the beginning. And they became slave owners too. They supported the Confederate States of America, the CSA. They donated money to fight the cause because they did not want to lose their slaves. And they could be just as nasty and harsh toward their slaves as anybody else. Because, I mean, think about it. There's, there's this, I saw this like a year or two ago when the Black Lives Matter started up. There was some black man who was on the news who lives up in Chicago and things got going about the BLM and stuff and violence you know Chicago it's violent and the majority of it is black on black murders you know the majority of the murders taking place it's black on black crime and this man said how the hell can we expect anybody else to think our lives matter when we don't think our lives matter. When we treat each other like this, how can we expect anybody else to respect us, is what this man was saying. And and he's right. And, but the, my point with it is, is it's the way it's always been. It's the way it's always been. People look out for themselves. They will step on whoever to get ahead. It's just the way it is. And it's a sad situation. Now, I have definitely abbreviated this conversation to try to get it done in one deal, in one episode. Because I'm just now at 40 minutes, you know. 
there's so many other details. And I mean, what's, what's the point in getting into all the details? I mean, these are things you can go look up and find out the details for yourself. You know, but you, you look at this stuff realistically. I, it's not that I would, even though it's in the Bible and makes it okay, like, okay, as long as you follow these rules to own a slave, I, that's something I could never do. I, I could, I cannot see myself ever thinking I'm good enough to own another human being. You know, I, I just can't, but it's what. I find a bigger travesty is what was allowed after, like the Jim Crow laws, the segregation. You're free, but you can't eat it in here with us. You're free, but you can't use this laundry mat. You're free, but you're going to sit in the back of the fucking bus. That, to me, is the biggest, the bigger travesty than the freaking uh, slavery itself. And... Th- it gets me to the way the Democratic Party acts like everybody else is racist but them. And it, and it's just freaking hilarious because who do they claim is the head of the Democratic Party? The father of their party. Thomas Jefferson. A slave owner. Not just a slave owner, but a slave owner who liked screwing his slaves and having kids with them. You know? So it's... And did these women have a say in the matter? Maybe someone was like, hey, that white boy's hot. Who knows? But chances were they didn't even have a freaking say in the matter. And he's also the same man who wrote out the Declaration of Independence. You know, where all men are created equal and, you know, except except for my slaves, I guess. You know. But they're going to know what I meant. I don't have to include that in here. People are going to know what I mean. You know, so that that's the father of it. Then it's the Southern Democrats that come up with all the Jim Crow laws, all the segregation laws. You know, it, it was Southern Democrats who were members of the Klan. You know, it's... This is another thing that irritates me is when I see black folks who wear Malcolm X t-shirts and they don't know a damn thing about the man, what he stood for or what he said. They just know he's an icon, so they wear his shirt. It's like, dude, maybe you ought to start looking at the stuff he said. I just like saw a quote of his a few days ago. I was reading this article that was talking about it. And he had this quote that said that the Democrats treat Negroes like chumps. And any Negro that votes for a Democrat is not only a chump, but a traitor to his own race. Malcolm X said that. And then guess what? Two days after he said that's when he was assassinated. He also said that the white liberal uses the black man to combat the conservatives. Trying to buy him off with stuff like welfare and shit. Like, oh, look at what we do for you. Malcolm X didn't want that crap. He wanted the black men and women to stand on their own two feet and do for themselves. You know, that's what he wanted. That's what he always talked about. That's what he preached. And the Democrats did not like him because he flat out called him out for their crap. Because he flat out said, you're using black people. Back then the term was Negro, but whatever. 
they he, he's flat out said you're using black people you know and politicians will use anybody they can if they think it's going to get them a vote plain and simple But it just annoys me because the way the media works, the media works for the government. I mean, if you haven't been able to figure that out yet, I don't know what what I can say to you. I don't know what I can do for you because you're naive as hell. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt's autobiography even talked about how there were newspapers working for political parties back in the 1880s and 90s. You know, it's nothing new. It has always existed. It's always going to exist. And guess what? If you're some poor journalist and someone's like, here, here's some money. Keep me in mind and remember me. Do you think that journalist is going to go out and start talking shit about that politician? Or talking shit about that political party? No. In fact, when they hear something bad, they're going to bury it. It's the way it's going to work, and that's Republicans and Democrats. I'm not down-talking one political party and then try to boost up the other. They're both bullshit, and the people don't realize it. I mean, think, think about it. Same two political parties for well over 100 years. Well over 100 years, we got the same two political parties. And... It would have been interesting. Trump would not have won. All his money or not, he would not have won if he didn't identify as a Republican or a Democrat. He had to be one of them to get in. We learned that with Ross Perot back in the 92 elections. It was George Bush against Clinton against Ross Perot. And if it wasn't for Ross Perot getting in as an independent, George Bush would have walked away with that second election would have walked away with it. Just a fact. But Ross Perot split the Republican vote. Much much like what Teddy Roosevelt did. He walked away after the two... Like, he decided not to run again because back then there was no term limits. TR could have kept being president if he wanted to. Term limits, like, the limit on term limits didn't come until after FDR, and he was elected four times. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So, TR walks away. Howard Taft comes in with TR's endorsements. And TR, back in the first decade of the 1900s, set aside one-fifth of our country's land for reserves because he saw what was happening to the land, to the animals, to the timber. He saw what was happening, and he knew we had to stop it. He did that back then. So he backs Howard Taft. Howard Taft comes in and starts undoing all this shit that TR had gotten done that was actually good for our country. So in 1912, TR decided to run again. But the Republicans, they weren't going to back him. They were like, we got our boy in office. We got a Republican in office. We don't need you. That's when the Bull Moose Party was created. Split the Republican vote. And Woodrow Wilson, Democrat, ended up winning, going into office. Happened again with Ross Perot in the 92 election. Split the Republican vote, and Clinton went into office. Trump was smart enough to know 
what would happen if he decided to run as an independent instead of a Republican or Democrat. So he ran, I think he ran as a Democrat once in the primaries some time ago. Can't remember exactly. I know at one time he identified as a Democrat. But either way, that's why he ran as a Republican, not as an independent. Because it didn't matter how much money he had. If he would have ran as an independent, he would have split that vote. And Hillary would have walked away with the election, hands down. Just plain and simple. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But point is, (laughs) point is, is... Don't pay attention to what the media is telling you. Go out and look stuff up for yourself. Especially when it comes to this history stuff. It's such a load of shit. That's stuff they're trying to spew out and get you to believe. And and trying nothing. People are believing it. They're swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. And it's, you know, it's creating a whole lot of crap. A whole lot of crap in this country that's not necessary. Not necessary at all. I told a friend of mine back in 2008 when Obama was running and after he won the election, I said, Donnie, I was like, mark my words. I was like, I hope this man does good. I hope he proves me wrong and does a damn good job as president. Because if he doesn't, and if he, and if he starts screwing around, he's going to push the race relations back in this country decades. And it's what he did. It's what he did. It's not that there weren't racists before Obama. Obviously there were. But they were few and far in between as far as like public notoriety. They were far and few in between as far as people paying attention to them. And they were far and few in between as far as hate's concerned. There, there's two different kinds of racists. There's those people who are just stupid and think they're being funny. And those there's those who actually have hate. You know? And growing up in the 90s, 80s and 90s, going to school in Peoria, having black friends, I never saw any racist crap between anybody. It didn't matter who was fighting. I never heard a black guy call a white guy white boy or cracker, and I never heard any racist shit coming out of the white guy's mouth. If they had an issue, they went outside and fought, whatever. Both got kicked out of school. And that was that, you know? Then out of nowhere, Obama comes in and it starts a fight because... He got a lot of white guilt votes. Let's be honest about that. He got a lot of white guilt votes. And then there was just, you could not have an issue. I had people telling me I was a racist when I bitched about the Trans-Pacific Partnership he was putting us into. You're just a racist. And it's ridiculous. It's like, freaking give me any other president. Put Bush back in. He does that, I'm going to bitch about it. Clinton does that, I'm going to bitch about it. I don't care who's in there, I'm going to bitch about it. Because it's fucking over the American workers, it's making corporations stronger, more powerful, and making other countries that the corporations deal with stronger and more powerful. The crap that went on with Trayvon Martin, he had the opportunity to squash that shit, the hate. 
Instead, he says that could have been my son and just moves on. He blew, he blew on the fire and it got it going. And look at how the media handled that. All you heard was George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman. It started all this crap between black people and white people. Because you hear the name George Zimmerman, you think white boy. And then after it was too late, then they started putting pictures up of George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman and you see that the guy's Hispanic. But by then it was too fucking late. Too late. That fight had nothing, and don't get me wrong, I'm not standing up for Zimmerman at all. The man should have been strung up. He was harassing the hell out of a kid. He had no business bothering. Harassing the hell out of him. And then start shit with him. Ends up killing him. The guy should have been strung up, plain and simple. You know? But the fact is, the way that things went down, if there had to be an issue, it should have been a black Hispanic issue. But instead, it was a black-white issue because of the name Zimmerman and how long it took the media to actually give his picture out. I mean, absolutely insane. And things just kept escalating from there. And look at the trial. Look at the trial that went on that friend of Trayvon Martins that they put. There's no way they should have allowed that woman to go on stand without somebody working with her. And from the accounts I heard and read about, the woman was a little on the slow side, mentally touched. And, and instead, they let her go up and her, and I mean, everybody ended up talking about this like afterwards. The, her appearance fulfilled so many nasty stereotypes and you can't tell me it wasn't planned. You cannot tell me that shit wasn't planned, that they put that poor woman up there who didn't fucking know better because of her mental condition. And they put her up there with that appearance, fulfilling every freaking nasty ass stereotype. And it did nothing but make things even worse. I mean, <laughs> look at what the media does. You can't tell me nobody picked up on that fact with her and it's like, hey, you know, let's... How about you wear this? We'll get your hair like this. What, you know what I'm saying? They wanted to push buttons. They wanted to fan the fire, and it's what they did. And they used a travesty to do it. Plain and simple, it's what happened, you know? Shit, I rambled on about a lot more than just slavery today, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, I really need somebody to come on here with me from time to time because it'll keep me focused on one topic. You know, they can say, you're, you're rambling again, Nick. You know, whatever. But as far as what I've talked about with the slavery shit, look it up. Look it up. Don't just sit there and say, you're full of shit, you're lying. Because guess what? It's stuff I have actually studied. You know? It's something I had to study, get my degree in economics as far as, like, the cause of the Civil War and stuff. I actually had to study in depth into that as far as what was going on in this country and what led to it, this the war. I had to actually study it. 
slavery was such a minor issue. It, it's just, if it wasn't so disgusting, it'd be hilarious that it's even mentioned in that section of a history book when they talk about the Civil War. Because it's a side note. The fact the Emancipation Proclamation didn't come around till two years after the war started should tell you that. You know? Quit. So my point is, quit buying in to what the media is feeding you. You know? I guess that's part of the reason why I went on so much with the Trayvon Martin thing. Because they turned that travesty into an even bigger travesty. There shouldn't have been all that hype. Take that bastard out and string him up. George Zimmerman is who I'm talking about. Take him out, string him up, be done. But no, they couldn't do that. But All right, so I'm getting close to that hour segment and it's not going to be worth you know, if, if I extend this, I'm just going to be ranting for another hour. So hopefully I didn't create more questions than answers by abbreviating the topic of slavery and things of that nature. So uh, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, if you're on my Facebook, put it in the comments. Send me a message through Messenger or email me at littlemb6580 at gmail.com. L-I-T-T-L-E, M as in Mike, B as in Bravo, 6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, guys.